Here's part two of my memories of my father, Carl Orton Mitchell. My father was an actor also. He performed in many plays with so many of his Perwin friends. We have pictures of him in bowler hats, Indian costumes, English dandy costumes with ruffles everywhere and a monocle. He always called Lolan Orton Cox after a play they did together and he still called Connie Halderman Maudie for the same reason. For me, my dad was just plain fun to be with. He had many interests and could be counted on to join in any game or trip or play if he could possibly. During my growing up years, he worked in Cedar City and would come home with stories of the day. At one time, he was remodeling the fish and game offices in Cedar City and was absent-mindedly singing up a lazy river all day. He said, finally, one of the secretaries called down and said, Carl, your singing is beautiful, but could you please change the record? He laughed at himself and loved seeing us laugh too. On his Cedar City commute, he listened to KSUB and would come home in the house singing the latest funny song he had heard. I remember especially hearing him sing, I'm too old to cut the mustard anymore, and I got a lovely bunch of coconuts. He loved singing, period. He knew more songs than anyone I've ever known. He has sung us songs from his elementary school days, from his high school operettas, cowboy songs with all the verses, 40s and 50s popular songs, and probably 75% of all the hymns in the hymn book with all the verses. He could remember all the songs he had sung with his barbershop quartets. He made up songs. He made up new words to old songs. I can still remember so many of the songs he taught me. Here's a song that he and his brother Albert made up to an old popular song in the shade of the old apple tree. I think it used to be a love song from the 30s or 40s. In the shade of the old apple tree, Pete Wimmer sat down on a bee. He jumped up in haste with his hand on the place, and he yelled out, out loudly, oh gee. Well, he wasn't stung on the face. Indeed, I won't mention the place. He just looked around, didn't want to sit down in the shade of the old apple tree. <laughs> he loved singing with community choirs and with his ward choir. I never remember sitting with my parents in church because they always sat up front in the choir seats. He disciplined me in church by either giving me the evil eye if I was being irreverent or mouthing I love you. He loved the ward choir. He sang a solo in the Christmas cantata for 50 years. The last time he was 92 years old. Come, thou long expected Jesus, will always bring tears to my eyes. He loved playing his guitar. By the way, I learned just recently that he learned to play because a certain young woman, Alice, played the ukulele and he wanted to impress her, so he had her teach him fingerings. I have wonderful memories of family reunions in the living room with his playing and all my aunts and uncles singing together. He used to play guitar in dance bands with various groups of Perwin buddies. 
Ivan Decker, Andy Burton, and I think Berta Mitchell played a lot together. They all played by ear and could play about any song that was requested. One time, they were to play in Milford for a dance. Berta couldn't go, so Ivan brought his daughter, June, to play the piano. June could only play with music, and after a few tries, they realized that the only number that June could play in their key was In the Mood. Dad said they played In the Mood every other piece, and the Milford gang was so looped that they cheered every time. No one really seemed to notice that the dance band had only one number. Now, I'm really not sure how he came up with the idea to be Santa's messenger in the annual Christmas Eve program at the church. All the families came and sang carols and waited for Santa to come. This was in the chapel before we had a recreation hall. Dad would trot down the aisle and deliver updates on Santa's progress to pair one by saying something like, I just got word that Santa is flying over Buckhorn Flat. He still needs to visit Paraguna and then he'll be walking in that door. All the kids would gasp and get even more excited. One night he said, Santa has had a little delay because Donner and Blitzen had a disagreement about which way to turn and they've got their horns locked. It's going to take them a few minutes to get untangled. The kids would gasp and start worrying that maybe Santa wouldn't get to pair one at all. One night he said, did you know that Santa has an extra reindeer this year? His name is Olaf. You know, Olaf the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. The adults laughed at this one. One year he worked the kids up and Santa threw a rope down from the balcony, this was in the chapel, and slid down into the pews. Clark still remembers that the kids were so excited that they were jumping up and down. I was always so awed by the fact that it was my dad that Santa gave his messages to. I've always felt so blessed to have Carl as my father. When I was little, I jumped from the hayloft into his arms. It was scary, but I absolutely knew he would catch me. When he told me stories in bed at night, I would squeal with delight when Jack cut down the beanstalk and his stiff upraised arm would come crashing down onto the quilts while he called, Timber! My very first memories of dad were when I was very little and he rocked me to sleep. I can remember looking up into his face and seeing the ceiling and hearing the songs like, Baila, baila, bubby dear, bubby dear, bubby dear, sleep Kentucky babe and there were three crows set in a tree, oh, Billy McGee McGaw. He was a tender, sweet daddy. Every night after work, as soon as he got home, he went across the street to the corral to milk Betsy, our Jersey cow. He would say, well, I guess I'll go juice the moose now. Betsy was such a good-tempered old girl. Dad played a game with her. He would set his bucket and three-legged stool right out in the middle of the pasture. Betsy would see him and walk over to where he was sitting, sidle up to him and put her leg back, ready to be milked. Dad would milk a while and then say, Betsy, I'm just not comfortable. I think I'll go sit closer to the barn. So he'd move, sit somewhere else, and Betsy would follow, sidle up, and get ready as before. Dad loved telling us about this game. Sometimes I would go with him. On the way back across the street, one of us would say, I bet I can beat you home. 
Dad made a big show of running hard. His tools in his overalls would rattle and his work boots would thump on the road. But somehow, I would always win. He was also a dancer. In the kitchen tile, he could tap out with his feet, shave and a haircut, six bits. It sounded best when he had his Sunday shoes on. He would say, okay, are you ready? Like we'd never seen him do this before or like he had just discovered how to tap dance. And then with finesse, a big grin and his arms out like he had to balance just right. Shave and a haircut, six bits. When I was little, he taught me a dance to do with him. We'd hold hands facing each other. Heel, toe, away we go, do si do, a do si do, and so on. Often when mom and I were in the kitchen doing supper or something, he would grab one of us and dance us around the room like he was a professional ballroom dancer. When we trip over each other's feet, he would laugh at us and himself. When I was a junior in high school and getting ready for the junior prom, I could hardly wait for the part after the class promenade when the students went to the sidelines and asked their parent to dance. I knew dad and I had practiced so often in the kitchen that we knew how to do it. Dad was a loving caretaker and a devoted husband for my mother and with what respect he always treated her. What a devoted son and brother he was. What a beloved grandfather he was and how hard he worked to create good memories for his grandchildren. How he loved being grandpa great to seven great-grandchildren. How generous he was. What an excellent writer and journal keeper he was. What a strong testimony of the gospel he had and how seriously he took his church callings. What a loving priesthood holder he was in our home. What an excellent builder he was and how many homes, cabinets, stairs, porches, and walls he has built for people in Perwin and Cedar City over the years. Dad loved working with his hand building things, horses, perowin, sourdough and mutton, the perowin mountains, crossword puzzles with Katie and Mert, jigsaw puzzles, the Christmas cantata, the people of perowin, cowboy songs, reading gospel books, jokes, parties, playing skip bow with the skip bow gang, gardening, road trips and traveling, inventing time-saving and handy gadgets, neighbors, telling funny stories, telling funny stories on himself, carpenter overalls with pockets for everything, jumpsuits, Velcro shoes, ginger snaps. He loved Alice, Clark, Mary, Kathy, Doug, Carrie, Russell, Kylie, Bonnie, Paul, Kendall, Colleen, Laurel, Karen, and Bradley. After mom died, he lived by himself for two years until he was 94. One year he came to Salt Lake and we decided it was time we just kept him living with us. He lived alternately with Clark and me. He was so pleasant and easy to get along with. He complained very little. At the end, he developed stomach cancer and it didn't take very long until his death. Like mom, he just gradually deteriorated until he was in a coma. One Sunday morning while we were in church and Karen had come over to be with him, she was outside pulling a weed or two. He just slipped away and was gone.
I still get so lonesome for him. I want to ride horses and sing with him in heaven.